Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I'm not planning on being long-winded today, but I, uh, I've had something kind of on me for a while now that I... Um, I feel like I need to I need to release. I feel like now is the time to release this whole thing and it's you know, I know we've had some heavy heavy services really. Like it's it seems like I said it keeps getting heavier. It's not like this it's light but it's heavy and it's there's a lot of depth to what Holy Spirit is showing us not just through one individual but just us coming together and some of the things we're seeing and I hear people speaking and I I'm not one who just sits back and and just says well I've got it figured out because that's definitely not the case Miss Shirley's right I need the tap on the shoulder that's amazing Um, even when the burden is light it's just in the natural it's great to have to know that those are that people are with me and I I sat with Michael Monica under the pole barn the other day and he said some things that uh he was not trying to challenge me in any way. He was sharing his uh, a testimony that he had with me. And just by being open to that thing, I've, I've, it's shifted. It's the metanoia thing. It's, it's made me change my mind in some things. And I think it's amazing. So, and I also now, I've told Mike, I can't see when we talk about the power of the words. He said this whole thing. And he was like, now every time I say anything, it's, it's power of life or death. Life or death. So now every time I speak, all I see is Mike's hand going, which one is it? Which one is it? <laughs> uh, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Numbers 22. This is going to be somewhat obscure, and I like the obscure. <clears throat> but this this morning is, and I, I usually kind of don't, I'm, this isn't really my nature in this sense, but uh, this is a word of caution for this house for this people, um, and not maybe in the sense, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a word of, of rebuke, right? It's a word of, I feel Holy Spirit kind of prodding me to say this. I didn't know if this should be something for everyone, or if it was something for me individually, something I've walked through for a year and a half, what, uh, how that applied, and I, I, I feel Holy Spirit out of what he's given me now, making this for everyone. So before you jump into this one's not for me, just wait, Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, help me today. Your word, not my word. Numbers 22, verse 20 is where we're going to begin, but I want to give you a little bit of background because this story is very, uh, um, not obvious, but uh, something that we're really familiar with, I think, uh, a lot of us, but um, give you a little background just in case. The Israelites are in the end of their 40-year wandering uh, in the desert, and Moses is towards the end of his life at this point in time. And the Israelites have moved into a land called Moab. And the Moabites are extremely, extremely uh, weary of these uh, Israelites being there because of the sheer number of them, their influence, and, and they don't know exactly how to take them. And the, and the king of the Moabites' name is Balak. And he is, he is really, really nervous about these Israelites. So what he does is he sends for a man by the name of Balaam, which is what the story is about. This man named Balaam is seen as an enchanter, a diviner, someone who can actually 
see into the spirit. He talks with God, though he's not a righteous man, but he sees into the spirit, manipulates it, and actually most theologians believe his family business is cursing the land. He gains notoriety, influence, and wealth by the, by the power of being able to curse people and curse the land and use that as leverage. So Balak knows of him, sends for this man. He sends influential men to his land, to, to Balaam's land, and he says, uh, he, he tells them, like, sends them money and, 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 and offers him everything. He says, I need you to come put a curse on these Israelites. So Balaam says, come stay with me. I need to talk to God about this first, and then we'll see where we can go from there. So he goes away, talks with Yahweh, and Yahweh says, that's my blessed people. You cannot touch them. So he comes back to the men, his messengers, and says, hey, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't curse what Yahweh is blessed you know, go on your way. Well, Balak is not okay with that, so he sends men with more influence and more money back to Balaam. And so this is kind of where we are in the story now, okay? So 20, and it, this is where Yahweh gives him instruction. After he comes back to the Lord, he says, he says okay, y'all stay with me, but let me go talk to Yahweh about this. And 20 says, And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, then you may rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So if the men come to call you, there's a lot of times that we get specific words, but we get caught up in the moment and think we have it figured out without following the path being very close to the word, but he says, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that shall you do. So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. So before they came to him, before they called for him, he went ahead and did it. He was making ready and he went ahead and, and, and got on, this, uh, on his donkey and started to ride. So, so Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. One of two times that animals speak in the Bible. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to you to do this? And he said no. 
Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have also killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. All right. This is one of those days where there's a million different things going through my head. I'm going to try to pull this in and make it make sense. We're talking about talking donkeys right now. (laughs) Nothing is a substitute for communion. Nothing is a substitute for proximity to the Father. Nothing is a substitute for walking. Now, immediately when we say that, we immediately go to, well, yeah, my, my sports, my things that I do, we've had that side of the message. What I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking deeper and further. Podcasts. Podcasts can be a substitute for communion. Books, words, my word can be a substitute for communion. And I feel that Yahweh's been speaking to me. About a year ago, I was told, shut off some of the voices. And he honed me into what Yahweh was actually speaking to me and starting to teach me to hear my own word. And it created a consistency in my life that I hadn't had there before. But what a lot of us do is we go through and we, we listen to, the, podcast is a big deal right now. Podcast, people have so many different voices and in a, in a land right now, it's so available. It is so available. And here's the problem with that, is that you start to think, you start to hear words that, that you think are your words. You start to hear things that you substitute that voice for Holy Spirit, but what it actually creates is that, the, that a, a wide, wide gate in a very wide path. It opens up a, a massive gate in your life, the voices that you, that you allow in. The more voices, the wider the gate. And I believe that what happened to me is I I started to listen to all these different things and the kingdom became confusing to me. That all the different revelations started to become confusing to me. And I I did not exactly know where I was. It's when the one thing started to come so apparent in my life. And I started to be able to focus on the one thing have I desired. I got rid of all of the relation, all, all of the, uh, the revelation and different things that were swirling around me because there's so many ways to look at it. And I believe how this ties to this story is that, is that if you look at the donkey as a leader, there's two sides of this. If you look at the donkey as the leader, So many times, because we have so many voices out there that we could go, we can tailor fit a word to fit our situation. We really can. We can tailor fit, especially in this time if we're not careful because, hey, we've moved past what was this principle-based life and now we're moving into grace 
And I'm just going to listen to what kind of tickles my ear and then everything else I'll shut off and say, that's not for me. So I can come into church or I can come into a place where I've given, tr- I've, I've trusted this person, I've trusted these people, and if it doesn't go quite the way I want it to or it doesn't feed me the way it should feed me, I can just go another path. I can listen somewhere else. I can get another word. And the problem is, unless you have relationship with the people you're listening to, I don't believe you should even be listening to them. I genuinely believe that unless you have relationship with the people that you're listening to and opening the gate to, you should not. Because here's the reason. Because everything you hear is processed. It's not organic. Even through me, this is not organic. I believe it's as organic as I can give you. It's as authentic, but it's processed through my heart. Yahweh's given it to me to give to you, and I think you can receive it, but unless you take it and it becomes your word and you're letting, allowing him to speak to you in the cool of the day walking and you're getting your own word and you're going out for your own word, then all you're doing is eating processed food. And my goal, like Henry said, it's not to feed you, but to make you hungry. A word should not be to feed you, but to make you even more hungry to go get your word. And so what happens, though, is that we, because we sit in church a lot of times, and this is as a whole, let this challenge you if this is you, but, but as a whole, I, 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 I don't allow myself to be the donkey of Balaam. But most churches allow their leaders to be the donkey of Balaam. They want to beat them back into a path that fits what they see to be right. And most leaders look at it as, you know what, I need to, that's my master, I got to, but this is the thing is that what was the donkey actually designed to do in the Bible? What was the greatest moment? We're talking about donkeys again. (laughs) He carried Yeshua. He was set aside to carry the king. And as a leader, what I want to do is carry the king, carry what I've walked in in communion, and that be the thing that I present to you. That be the word I offer you. And that sends you into a greater degree of presence and a greater degree of hunger than you've ever felt before. Nothing is a substitute for communion in your own walk. People are put in your life with relationship to be able to see into and speak from dimensions sometimes you're not able to see just yet. My wife sees some things from me that I haven't seen yet, and sometimes she cautions me in that. Because I have relationship with her, I respond to that and not what I think about that thing. The word mysterious stone pulled this out, not this necessarily, but this is the heart of what you were saying. Mysterion means hidden from the common, common gaze, hidden from the common gaze. That's the Greek word mysterion, which is the mystery of the kingdom. And Stone talked to us a, a few weeks ago. He said, you know, mysteries aren't supposed to stay mysteries to the sons. But he does hide things in a mysterious way because he doesn't want you to casually approach a deep revelation. 
And so that's why we submit ourselves to people and to people within our lives. And that's what's great about rooting yourself to a family because there's trust involved. And you can trust that sometimes, even though it doesn't seem like it, they're seeing into a dimension and speaking from a dimension that you might not be able to see just yet. And since you trust them, you can say, okay, let me see that way. I'm going to walk this out with you on that path. But, but, we, uh, but we constantly want to bring in the tailor fit word. As a whole, I believe that this house is not necessarily that way, but I believe that there are people in this house that have opened the gate pretty wide. Matthew seven thirteen, very familiar. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many ways to go in by it. Because small is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. You will know them. You will actually know them by their fruits. Do you even know the fruits that you're listening to? Have you seen the fruits? Or did it just give you chills one day? Did it just sound like the word that you wanted to hear that fit your life? Was the worship song just happened to strike a chord with you? What is the fruit? You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and ev- but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, not, who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I, will, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, I've always looked at this scripture, the, the, the narrow path scripture, and I've seen it in a kind of a negative light, like almost an impossible thing. But Yahweh is starting to show me that if I'll ever be a good gatekeeper, I don't have to worry about the path. And I actually, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, Holy Spirit, something happened, and I'm not going to get into exactly what it was, but Holy, something happened in my life, and Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I've, I've made you the gatekeeper. At the rock and in your life, you are the gatekeeper. So don't be upset with anything that goes on that you've allowed, that you've opened the gate to, because it's your responsibility That's the thing I carry and that's the thing we all carry is that we are gatekeepers in our lives and you don't have to worry about the path. It's a narrow path because he wants it to be narrow. It's a narrow path that few find life just because he wants gatekeepers. He wants people that say, look, I have this voice in my life. I have this voice in my life and I'm not allowing anyone else in. I'm not gonna allow any other influence in my life. And I know a lot of people are shaking their heads and some people are giving me blank stares because the people that are shaking their heads are probably sitting there going through their podcast list right now. 
It's not that the words aren't good. It's just they might not be for you. Are y'all getting what I'm saying today? Wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are so many who go in by it. He's saying there's so many that go in by it. There's so many that actually open that gate to go into destruction. But if you narrow the gate, if you as the gatekeeper narrow it, go back to the story of Balaam. The angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards. Holy Spirit is narrowing a path for you. It's not you trying to find this impossible path. It's that Holy Spirit puts people in your life. It's important to be rooted to a family. It's important to be rooted to people that you trust because that narrows the path for you. But all that you open the door to, not just, not just, I mean, there's givens, there's givens of living your life open. I'm just going to open this door to this. I'm going to open that door to that. And I'm just going to live that way. And obviously some of these carnal things can take you off your path. But what about the good things? What about the good things? What about the things that actually are right? I'm speaking to my, my team today too. I am. I'm speaking to myself today too. Most people complain about a Jezebel and they gave the Jezebel the place in their life. Don't come to me and talk about something that you're upset about on Instagram. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. You're the one that gave the Jezebel the place. And I'm not talking about one specific person. I'm talking about a lot of people even follow people that they actually say, man, I just, can you believe, can you, you're the one that gave them the platform, you idiot. And until we start being gatekeepers of our own minds and our own lives, how can we sit here and say we have the mind of Christ and that we're gonna speak with words of life? I promise you it'll always go towards the words of death. And unless things match up exactly with how we think people should live or how we think people should do, we'll stand on top of the donkey and beat him into submission to get us what we want, to be on the path that we want. And I believe that Holy Spirit is taking this people down a narrow path. And I'm challenging this people this morning. That's my word of caution. I'm challenging us this morning. Be very, very mindful of who you give a platform to. Jezebel is a spirit, right? Not a woman. Jezebel is a spirit, not a woman. Unless you know, unless you have relationship, I'd be very careful with who you follow. That's my word of caution this morning. Y'all okay? Is this weird or are you good? Good. It's weird to me. So makes one of us. Let's see, where do I want to go here? Let's see, Mr. Leo got a hold of my uh, Bible here. I had everything marked. First Kings 
19. I, I'm looking at my man Dion back there. I love that guy right there. You guys get a chance, go talk to Dion. Raise your hand. Don't be all, he's the man. He's awesome. Talk to him. But I, I was sitting over here the other day and I was talking to him about, uh, about the story. He was telling me about Elijah and, uh, and, the, and how he, he, uh, he got, he came to a place where he was trying to basically get Yahweh to sh- prove to prove his worth, to prove what he does. And there's all these men that are worshiping Baal and he brings them to this place. You know the story, he brings them to a place where they have, he's basically, let's put on a competition. Let's say you sacrifice a bull, I'm gonna sacrifice a bull. If Baal, if, if Baal is true, let the prophets of Baal, let them call for him. Do not light a fire, but let him light the, the altar here. Elijah says, I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna rebuild the, the altar and I'm gonna let my God show you. So the prophets of Baal, they dance around, they do everything they can, they try to make things happen, they're ripping their clothing, they're cutting their wrists, they're doing everything that they know to do to make him appear, they're making excuses for him, saying maybe he's out right now, maybe he's busy, maybe he's sleeping, but at the end of the day, nothing happens. Then Elijah comes, and he demands a miracle from Yahweh. Well, Yahweh shows up in the time. In fact, in an amazing, miraculous fashion, he pours water all over everything and says, this makes it even more impossible, but I know he's gonna show up. And Yahweh does. But what happens after that? And this is, this, this is, this is what I, I truly want to, to talk to people about here this morning. <laughs> What happens to Elijah after this? Elijah gets scared of the fact that Jezebel is now mad and he starts to run. He wants to end it all under a tree. After he watched with his own eyes the miracle of Yahweh show up in his life, but because he had already given a platform to something that instilled fear in him, it was not the overriding thing. He opened wide the gate And so Yahweh is faithful to him and he comes to the point of what we know of the still small voice because because he's, he's teaching us and he's teaching Elijah this. Let's start back. Let's go back in this. Let's read it. 19, this is 1 Kings 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and also how... Uh, He had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, uh, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked and there was uh, a head and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of the food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And then he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets uh, with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, now what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint my man, Jehu. He gives him, in the still small voice, the permission to kill Jezebel in his life. But he teaches him before that, that it's not about everything that happens around this miraculous big thing, but he desires the communion. He desires to be able to whisper in your ear and direct your path. And I hear this this morning that we have been so enamored and tied to and love all of the things about the kingdom and miss the king. He does not want this. These are all great evidences. The miracles, the signs and the wonders, the presence, things that happen in a moment, they're all great. But if you have all of those outside of the king, which obviously is possible biblically, that you can have the signs, wonders, and miracles that you did in his name but never knew him, that this people be a people about the one thing. And the only thing that's going to make us be about the one thing is narrowing the gate that leads to a narrow path and not widening the gate to every voice in your life. And that's my word of caution today, and I'm not going to go a step further. I want you to stand with me. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.